Hey everybody, welcome to episode number nine of Tactical Crouch. That's right, we're nine in. Almost a double digits fam. This is gonna be a good one, I think. Why why Discord do you tell me these things after anyways? Uh <laughs> hey. Uh we've got we've got a special guest on the show today. Of course, Yiska Volamel here. I'm Kick Tripod, but we brought a real big brain on the show today. Uh I mean, I, I don't even, I can't even begin to list the accomplish, accomplishments here. So, Peak, I'll let you do it. I mean, you've got, so you've got a former coach with the Dallas Fuel. Uh, you've done a ton of things in condens, uh, contenders, condensers. I've been talking about microphones too much lately. Um, tons of things in, in contenders. You're streaming now, um, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. I was telling you before, I'm like, I don't watch a whole lot of Overwatch streams anymore, but uh, Peak's is easily one of my go-tos um so first of all welcome to the show thank and, you thank uh, you thank you thank you for being here thank you for finally somebody said yes to us i'm just kidding everybody says yes everybody says yes nah it's just it's really fun to be on the show because i try to watch it as often as possible and I, if i can't catch it live i go on youtube and Aww. i don't skip i don't skip a minute don't skip not even a second Wow. Well, all right. You're on for good every week now. <laughs> you say the best way, if you don't have time to watch the show throughout the week, the best way to catch the show live is to be on the show. It's the best way to do it. So you, you, you totally brain. life hacked uh, your way into it. So now you don't have to go through and watch it this week. You're like, yeah, I was on it. So no big deal. We've got a lot of great topics this week. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Kib and Nero going to uh, Guangzhou. Uh, only wish on Hangzhou. Gray to Paris. I'm going to talk to Peak a little bit about uh, big brain coach things. Um, and then we might even have a little bit of time to talk about. We haven't talked about the Hangzhou Spark or the Vancouver expansion teams yet, and what they're looking to potentially bring to the table here. So that's going to be it's going to be a packed show, but it's going to be a little bit shorter than normal. Uh, blame me. Blame me. So let's go ahead first. I mean. Let's just, I mean, let's just talk about our weeks a little bit. Yeska, what do you, I mean, have you put out 10 videos this week like you did last week? I'm actually, I actually, well, I was lazy in the sense that I haven't actually released any videos but one, I think, this week. Wow. Or not, not even this week, but yeah, I'm working on something. It just takes a while to realize and learn some new skills in order to get them done. But yeah, I think this is actually a good one. I, I took some of the feedback and... We'll see how it turns out. When does that one go live, or is it already live? No, it's not live. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. You just like decide, like wake up, stretch, put on your clogs, and be like, "Yeah, today's the day." Yeah, not clogs. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But basically, like, I just work on a video, and if it's fine enough, I'm also want to wanting to you know up the production value a little bit. But yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Pete, what about you, man? I mean, what's what's going on in your world these days? Um, 
I've just been trying to make content, stream, and I um, I want to give back to the community, so I do VOD reviews, and uh, it helps me keep myself sharp with uh, coaching skills, also breaking down VODs, and I get a chance to talk with the community, help people learn more about Overwatch, and I'm just happy to, to help people. And uh, yeah, that's that's all I do. I try to work as hard as possible. Opposite of me. How can you not Opposite love that? I know. I'm like, oh god, I love it. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> I immediately hate hated it when you said. Yeah, I know. I saw you people. immediately fall asleep. <laughs> like, oh god, people. Oh no, can't interact. Uh, that's funny. All right, Joe. I guess I gotta ask you. What are you up to? Yeah, I know the dreaded. I Jeez. mean, other than uh, Chinese Overwatch. Um, doing contenders desk work, just released some lore stuff because saw that. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. I've had I've been a secret fan, and I started like reading into it a little, so it was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, other than that, just kind of you know playing in content, working on content. Um, yeah, just doing doing the the old the old usual. Nice. All right. Well, I mean, I was out of town this last week. Oh, I missed my desk. I, I got my new desk. I'm like, I'm totally a homebody. And I finally have my desk, right? And we talked about this last week. And mm. I can move it up and down and have all this space now for activities. And literally a day later, we go to Texas for five days. And I'm back <laughs> with like really crappy internet. Everything's concrete in Houston, apparently. Everything is really? just made out of concrete. Huh. It's, just, it's just like a giant parking ramp of a city. So uh, that was not the greatest. Is that why Houston will hit rock bottom this season? Son of a bitch. Are you kidding me? We didn't even make it two minutes and you're already. All right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So we did that. Fortunately, Katie's grandma went to the hospital during that time. So then I spent Aww. like two and a half days uh, in a hospital. Also made a concrete, by the way. If anyone was run, wondering, it's just all concrete. I don't know. I'm increasingly proud of Americans who learned to not build houses just out of ticky-tacky that just blows off at the slightest wind. Yeah. Proud of you guys. Well, you know, not a whole lot of wolves huffing and puffing about, Yiska, but, um, <laughs> you know, fair enough. Why all right, are let's, you both on? I don't know. We're, I, I was trying to catch the ball. I was trying to catch the ball. Let's let's talk about Overwatch stuff. Uh, Joe, what's going on with Guangzhou here? Oh, Guangzhou. <laughs> Good old Guangzhou. Guangzhou. Um, they're 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 an interesting team. Um, they've got the good old Metabellum core. Obviously, this is all public now, so we can actually talk about this and you know uh, have some pop proper speculation. So they've brought over four former members of Metabellum: Happy, Rio, Chara, and Wan Lee. They've also got Shu coming over. They've got Kib, Nero, Eileen, and Only Wish. Obviously, Kib being no, from the UK. Only wish. Not Only Wish? No, no, he was. Oh, let's see. Yeah, that's Hangzhou. Yeah, Hangzhou. That's yeah. my mistake. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it's, it's actually it's interesting because that is what's on Liquipedia. Liquipedia is the Bible. That's true. Uh -oh. And uh, literally, for, yeah, they have Only Wish on Guangzhou. 
Oh, really? Am yeah. I mixing up stuff? You might be missing it up. They have Only Wish Let's see. tagged. Uh, if, if it's Eileen's team. They have Only Wish tagged in the, oh, yeah, in the okay. tweet. Look, is, am I right? right? Am I wrong? What's, what's you going? are right. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Big Pog, as the kids say. Um, um, yeah. I'm done. So it's it, like my my biggest take. And again, me and Yiska debated on this. Uh, I think it was last episode or two episodes ago. Um, I just don't see how the team communicates. Um, it would be interesting to see if they uh, chose Korean as their language of choice. Um, but I it's tough for me to kind of envision that. And that's again, like what I always draw back to, but I do have to say it's a very flexible roster. Um, very uh, global. It's very uh, Philadelphia fusion esque where they've kind of uh, done their fair share of scouting, which I appreciate, but I, I have, I have some worries about that team. Obviously Kib um, kind of caught everybody by surprise. Now he's coming in again. Fantastic player. Wish him nothing but the best. But the team as a whole, I I don't know exactly how to feel. I, I'm kind of torn. Peak, I want to hear from you on this one. So, I mean, this roster in general. Um, uh, Joe just discussed. I mean, just brought up his concerns about communication. I mean, as a coach, I'm sure that that's probably a, a major hurdle that you have to consider whenever you're coaching a team. What do you think about this team overall? And I would especially love to hear your thoughts on uh, language gaps and the the perhaps the the type of um, hurdles it can present for uh, teams, especially mm. at the highest level. Yeah. So the thing that sticks out the most to me is that they have mixed a, like a ton of vari- variation in the nationalities. So it's a Chinese team with a Korean core, and they have outer parts, or like uh, the the more added, like, how do you say it, like ad- addition or like additives are like mm-hmm. Chinese, mm-hmm. American, and UK. Mm-hmm. The, the cultures, like, especially in how you play in Overwatch, in esports in general, is kind of colliding with each other. Um, for example, Chinese teams in Overwatch and other esports, they usually want to be aggressive and attack, always play attack, basically. But for Korean teams, you usually, or they would usually want to be systematic in the sense that they play whatever is the strongest, or like pragmatic, I guess. And you, you focus on the theory of what's like most practical. And then for NA and UK, it's sort of the same, where you you trial and error, and you go out with whatever style you end up with. And it's going to be interesting to see how they solve not only the language barriers. The language barriers is going to be a problem on its own because you have five players who are the core. I guess I guess the Koreans are the core. So the rest will adapt to the Koreans, or that that's most likely. And then the same with the way you handle problems in the team, for example, it's gonna be the Korean way to solve problems. And not the I'm not sure like how it'll go. It depends on the coaches as well, because uh, I can't see the coaches on Wikipedia, but we have to assume that they have Korean staff mm-hmm. or a Korean foundation in the staff. Mm-hmm. And then 
if they have someone that can help the Chinese players and the Western players to integrate them into the Korean team, then it's going to be totally fine, I think. But that's the hardest part, integrating them and making them operate on the same level as if it was a full Korean team or a full Western team or a full Chinese team. Um, I don't think they will do any worse than, for example, a Western team that's mixed with Koreans. Mm-hmm. I think they will have the same uh, amount of chance. And um, if they have good like tutors for for Korean, it's gonna it's gonna work out. I think. Uh, is- I'm more more yeah more concerned about the way of playing Overwatch, like aggro versus non-aggro. I mean, yeah. Yusuke, what do you uh, think? Because you're like, a, I mean, you're the Korean purist here. You're the <laughs> Korean master race type type person. We've called you out for it many times. Um, they're augmenting <laughs> this here space. quite a bit. Um, <laughs> no, you hate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, like, I mean, what what are your thoughts here, especially with Gosu? Like, I mean, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts, uh, Peak, just kind of on like where you think they'll they'll land. But I want to hear Yiska's thoughts first. Just just kind of about. Uh, oh my God, David. Okay, David, you got my attention. Good Lord. <laughs> Thank you for the many gifted well, subs. I said I wouldn't break up the show to thank him for the subs, and then he just did. You got it on that. Yeah. Thank you, David. I really appreciate yes. it. We're yes, stopping. Thanks. We're stopping the whole f- show for you. So fifth um, guest. Uh, yeah. Anyways, thank you again. <laughs> Anyways, Yiska, back to you. What are your thoughts on this Guangzhou roster? So, as of course the Korean fanboy here, I, my mind immediately went to: Can you actually play for Korean? And compositionally, not only do they only have six Koreans, but it's also that they, of course, will overlap on some positions. But the problem really is is I guess we have to talk about the elephant in the room in in this team as well. Even though he's, of course, a sick talent, I expect Happy to be banned for some of the start of the season as a known booster, um, formerly called Vesta. I could totally see that uh, he has to sit out for some games. So then you're in a position where you now have to play non-Korean DPS players. So that immediately... I mean, DPS, it is hard to say, and it's also how you want to, you know, how, how your uh, calling structure falls just by the individuals you have or what your uh, coaching um, idea is. But yeah, it, it's, you, you cannot avoid playing something else than um, Koreans here unless they add someone. So th- they will have to find it somewhere. I also disagree to a point to, in saying that this won't be harder than a Western team with Koreans because I think, A, most of the Western players know a decent amount of English. You probably can't make it to Overwatch League being a Western player without having English because there's always, especially in Europe, you have to have one language. But it's also that you then can sort of meet in the middle. Some learn some Korean, some learn some, um, some English words and sort of, you know, like share the effort but that is not possible with three uh Mm -hmm. types of uh languages there or much harder 
um, or I'm not sure how much harder it is, but yeah. And then there's always what is always going um, or described to me in calling structure is that yes, you can have like a sheet with all the positions and all the hero names and the interactions, but there are some things in communication in language where you need to explain concepts that you couldn't have scrimmed for. So uh, particular pathing path or, or something like this. And these properties require a certain amount of language that there's always going to be friction with mixed teams. And this, therefore, probably also is one of the teams that will, won't do as well in the early stages, but then will probably ramp up as language improves and as synergy improves. Because some things also don't need to be said as, um, as players play together. But yeah, I think there might actually be a bit of a problem. But in terms of talent itself, I, I'm actually quite happy, especially Aline happy, both nut, Nuts players. Um, Wan Jae Lee is also someone that people have been looking on, even though Shu might actually start ahead of him, which I found interesting when I uh, heard that. And then Chara is one of the better performers. So in, in general, this has... This also is why I thought they were better than Chengdu, because they actually have star-level power. Yeah, I totally agree. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm star-level power... Chat right now. <laughs> I feel like yeah. star-level power kind of falls to the wayside when you can't have everyone buy into it. Just because of, like, language barriers and, you know, cultural, like, differences where... Something's prone to happen, even in teams that are all Korean or all Western or this, that, the other thing. Like issues are bound to arise, and I feel like the the hardest thing for a team to get over is even just talking about it. Isn't it? Like just the act of trying to work through a problem is difficult because of the yes. language barrier, right? So like you have a cultural or a possible cultural like issue where. You know, you name it. We've seen it in, you know, season one. Players aren't plug and play. They have personalities. They come from different cultures. You know, they have different beliefs than, you know. So when those when those sparks do fly, you already are at a disadvantage because you can't just try to work through it. There's already a barrier there. So like you can just say, hey, grab a translator but that's still so frustrating. I can imagine um, from a player's perspective or even just like my own, you know, personal perspective, like trying to communicate through a translator. And it's just, it's just infuriating to try and like, like, I, I just want to speak to you. I'm trying to communicate to you. Like, I don't want to talk to this guy and then hope that he or, or this person and hope that they can wrap their head around what I'm trying to say and then communicate it in a way that makes sense to the other person. Like there's just, it, there's, it, there's already so many barriers that I, I just, I'm worried. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's all these like unspoken social cues. And I guess a good, really good reference to it is like, it's like tes texting without emojis with a random person that you have never met mm. before. Mm. And they don't, you know, or, or if you're having different opinions about something and you try to discover each other's opinions, it can easily end up like a heated uh, discussion like on Reddit when it's just simple misunderstandings because they yeah. automatically think mm -hmm. from the way they interpret like a cue. And 
yeah than the other end yeah differently and uh yeah it's exactly mm. like like you can say yeah if you wanted a yes analogy i was thinking having spotty language is sort of like playing in super low resolution where when you start out it's almost playing like chess where you only have like very high resolution pieces where you move move around your pieces and you can only say okay a2 and whatever and then like for instance if you're missing the language everything is behind us uh, on top right mm -hmm. like these problems and as you get better the resolution clears up we have better names for the specific like smaller and smaller things much more granular and then uh, we get a full picture and yeah I, I i'm not even sure if getting the full resolution if you want is possible over an entire season but then again there might be other positive attributes within split um rosters because it is peculiar that over at least Overwatch League Season 1, the split rosters did actually pretty well, if you're thinking of Boston, if you're thinking of Valiant, if you're thinking of yeah. Gladiators, uh, of course, Fusion. These teams all did fairly well. While, okay, we, we, we will see how it will go in the future, because admittedly, we didn't have full Korean rosters, like a lot of them, let's say. Mm -hmm. And those that were full Korean, also two of the three did it pretty well. So, I mean, and that's usually when someone brings up the language barrier gap, that's the only thing I say is, is, um, because I honestly don't know, I'm not qualified enough to like, say like, oh yeah, it's a huge difference because I don't play with people who don't speak my language very often at a high level and practice with them and know what can be achieved in that amount of practice time. Mm -hmm. But, uh, what I do know is when you look at Overwatch League, there's a lot of split rosters who did quite well. And you can either attribute it to everybody, attribute, everybody had really good translators and all that stuff, or there's just the level of um, the, the emphasis that we put on the language barrier is either isn't quite as big or is more easily overcome than uh, people lead it to believe because it's such a, a quick one-liner. Sure, um, exactly. It's something that brings up, you know, people are like, oh, we're going to see how they do because, you know, two of these guys are Chinese, the rest are Korean. How are they going to do? How are they going to address it? People immediately misattribute that to being a huge hurdle or obstacle when maybe it might not actually be that. Um, and that's usually no. the only thing that I, I kind of say. I'm like a hundred percent. I can't agree with you more there. Um, and I have content on this subject coming out within sometime this week where I kind of explore it further and I provide examples and like everything we've basically already said, like is, is in it, which is shocking, kind of fun, but <laughs> I, I don't want to misrepresent them in saying that like, because there are issues day one, then they're just doomed, right? It, it just worries me as someone who tries to give a, at least a relatively like even keel opinion on things that there could be issues. Um, and that's not to say that mixed rosters definitely, you know, can't work, right? Yeah. Obviously they can. We've seen it in multiple esports that you can, you can overcome these barriers. And on paper, the team looks really good, like individual basis, like very flexible, you know, quite a quite a roster. Everybody is like mechanically very gifted. I just worry that when the going gets tough for them because they're just so different and it's not like Philadelphia 
fusion where it's like everybody comes in, they can at least speak English. Like, yeah, you have cultures, but at least you can communicate through your problems. This team again, like I, I, I feel like it, it could be, it could be their problems could be exacerbated by their language barrier. It's not to say that they won't, they'll be, I'm not trying to say that they'll be the worst team ever. Yeah. By no means am I. It's also just something that every team with mixed rosters, they have to address. You can't ignore it. And so like, I agree. The conversation should always be there for mixed rosters is can they address it? And that's one of the first mm-hmm. things that they have to do well to address, I think. But you shouldn't just write them off and saying, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely right. agree with you in saying that, like, oh, they're, they don't speak the same language, you know, 15. Like, that's not fair yeah. to them. Like, they're more than just, you know, a culture or a language. Like, they can play the game. They kind of, like, have a general idea of what, what's going on. So, right. Yeah, I, agree. I I don't. I, this is the one team that I'm like, I want to be really good. And I think they can be but I have this gut feeling that I think something's going to happen and they're never going to recover from it. See, this is my Boston team where uh, last season I said it. I actually, it's funny. I put Boston at six and, oh, wow. in, in the preseason rankings. And I, a, I didn't know a whole lot about rankings, but it made sure. me look really smart at the end until I mentioned that. Uh, but I, you know, and I actually did a, I think Joe, I think you were one of the people who did, it was with high noon podcast. Uh, their blog, they did those preseason rankings. I think mm. you or Yiska or somebody like there was a lot of really smart people. And then me in there. And I, I actually got my rankings more right. Knowing less <laughs> like kind of thing. Um, but they're kind of my Boston team in the sense that. Like, I feel like if they have, if there's any team that has like the ability to like surprise and really come together and look really great, mm. um, you know, and finish in that, you know, high 25%. Um, like it's, it's this team because I, I, I've gotten to see, uh, the Chinese players quite a bit, um, firsthand, but I also, you know, have followed Korean contenders enough to know, uh, these other players. And I'm like, yeah, that this could be a team. A, I don't think that they overpaid for any of them. Um, I think like financially, this is probably like a really solid team. And so I kind of have faith in the infrastructure that they'll put around them. Um, but B, it's kind of like it's a it's a little bit of a value play, I think, here. And I think that 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 we've seen that actually work out better um, in, in Overwatch League in a lot of situations. So um, that's my closing thoughts. I, I want to talk uh, peak. I want to talk to you because Yiska and Joe both have some questions for you. I want to give you mm-hmm. a platform um, to do that. Yiska, I'll let you take your question first here. Um, yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> OK, so one of the important aspects that we will find out over the season i think is is how important is overwatch league experience for players as well as coaches right and then of course yes the 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 factors that could produce an um, advantage such as knowing what kind of a grind it is and you know knowing these eventualities is sort of diminished by the less rigorous and less hard season having 12 games less and whatever but do you still think so if I think of two particular or two similarly skilled players just from the eye test within contenders and then within the Overwatch League, and even disregarding what against what kind of opposition they do it as, because for instance, contenders Korea players probably not that much worse than um, you know the average in Overwatch League. If so, not by much. Do you think 
we still have to value the experience of the Overwatch League players as well as coaches considerably. And would you expect that like people we think of as average in season one will just be better be or up leveled by the experience from season one? <clears throat> so I guess there's like two parts. Um first part is the players um like inside and those those outside. I think those inside Yes, you want to value them more. And that's because even if they themselves are haven't reflected on the experience like consciously, they have subconsciously processed like every experience, every struggle, every up, you know, up like thing that went well, and those in contenders, they haven't faced the same thing. Like if you would play in Apex and grind through Apex, like the group stages, prepare like in scrims, like for months and months you scrim the same thing. That's still more experience than, for example, what you face in Contenders. Because in Contenders, you have this league format, very new players who also end up just copying each other. They don't understand how to practice a lot of the times, especially in the West, less so in Korea. And... In the West, for example, you still see teams scrim with each other without even planning what maps to scrim. And it happened a lot in OWL as well. <laughs> and if you would bring up that like as a request before OWL, people wouldn't accept it because it's too weird, it's too new, or they don't see the point in it. And same with players. And then could you could you Repeat the second question. Oh yeah, with coaches. Do you think ha yeah. having been a coach in season one is a big advantage? Yeah, I definitely think so. So, the harsher environment, the better. That that's usually what I um, think of for myself. It's not the way of thinking everyone should have. But mm -hmm. if, for example, if you're a coach or a player even, and you can reflect back on what went really bad for you you will be able to step up and make a better performance in season two. But then we can't assume that every coach can do that or will do that or even knows how to do it. So I, 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 don't, think, I don't think it's the same thing for coaches because they don't have the same trial and error or instant feedback as players have. And... Um, mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of the coaches like now like that one one part of coaching or growing as a coach, you have to rely on branding, networking, and all that, and that takes away attention from building on yourself as a person. And so you might have people who are unknown in open in trials in trials to contenders or even in contenders, regardless of what region, that are really really good at working with people and have um, really developed personal skills and they don't even need to know anything about the game to make a difference in teams for example a veteran from sports psychology they can come in and solve any any internal issue in any team that any coach right now wouldn't be able to possibly yeah. like obviously yeah. there's stuff to cancel but so so it doesn't kill you makes you stronger like yeah. famous philosopher Kelly Clarkson said? No, not exactly like it's, it's more like... <laughs> no, not like Kelly Clarkson. No. I see, no, if, I, I look at it like, um, I look at it like trials of, a trial of fire, basically. So mm -hmm. in season one, those who 
survived the trial of fire basically got initiated okay you're you are on this level even if you didn't get first place you managed to the stress from it like you didn't back out and like drop the career and everything because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you still expose yourself and you're ready to expose yourself to more mm -hmm. and i think that's a really valuable thing so those who were in season one and have that attitude to season two are going to be better coaches than those from contenders with the same way of attitude i think if that's a good answer i'm mm -hmm. not sure it's it's kind of a tough question to to answer yeah because that's that's one of my big questions when not only evaluating the rosters but also just like how do you even build for that if you you yes you can just as, assume a value for them but that would for instance like there were a lot of players in uh, season one of the overwatch league that didn't get to play a lot mm -hmm. but did they for instance despite like not playing a lot, did they still feel the same amount of pressure? So for instance, uh, Valiant had a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So do I value Finzi now a lot more? Or, you know, even though he came in pretty late, admittedly. And um, players like that is a big question mark to me, how I, you know, would build a team if I was t uh, a GM, right? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, like there's no proof like pr a proof of concept or like proven track mm -hmm. record. Um, like even if someone played but failed, let's say that someone like from Shanghai Dragons, you can still work with those players and make them grow from the mistakes they did or whatever. But mm -hmm. a player that hasn't even been on stage, that's that's going to be hard because it's like betting or like uh, the old school uh, esports approach. Like you go in with into a casino and you basically either win or you lose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i yeah. think a lot of management like uh, a lot of teams that or the teams that have a lot of good management skills or like training are gonna be able to deal with the unfortunate results a, a bit better than those that have do, don't have it mm. so basically I, th I think that's why for example fusion are really good because the ownership has uh, a ton of like you know, you know foundation from from other companies and all that you know mm -hmm. that they probably imply well apply apply and uh, yeah that's you know sometimes I I thought about the fusion case in particular right and I'm I'm not sure how how that was for other teams but of course for fusion it was very visible and it might be a seemingly random point but from my time in, in the military I. Like we in German have a, a saying, which is ohne Mampf kein Kampf, which means without proper food, there's no fight, right? And mm. I wonder how much morale is kept by just having, you know, proper living situations. They had a pretty cool house. They had, from the looks of it, very good food. You know, the, the structure of it all, even though there were, of course, as every team had, frictions within the house, I think the structure was able to at least you know keep them functional and to be there when it matters right so. yeah it's yeah it's like maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs basically you you won't be able to go to the top and become or pursue like the the like highest potential of whatever you you are the most interested in without shelter without food without personal relations and all that and mm -hmm. it's like 
barriers basically you have to break. Yeah. And you can't yeah. You can skip steps. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it at least. And I love it when you and Yiska speak philosophy. Mm -hmm. Let's me let's me <laughs> remember how dumb I am. Just sat here with my low brain yeah. plasticity and my smooth, non-rigid peanut brain. I said this like, was a big brain podcast, but man, that was huge, huge brain, galaxy brain. Uh, Joe, I think you had a question too, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, because I, uh, you know, I, I do participate in some Chinese Overwatch. You know, I am. Uh, I have volunteered to uh, wear that mantle and they're very different. I've been meaning to make content around this, but it feels like they, they just view the game so differently that it's kind of interesting. And I wanted to kind of get your take on not specifics, but more of, do you think, um, and we had talked about this um, a little bit when I when we did our interview and then in the pre-show. But do you think there is a. Do you think people are too beholden to their kind of ideas of what is good? And there isn't a ton of like innovation or just exploration of like parts of the map or hero compositions like do you think that in overwatch league we're kind of uh stuck in our ways in a sense where if like we see something that's successful we just try to replicate it and there isn't much of a style there do you think that that's kind of an issue or you know just kind of your take on on you know experimentation and that kind of thing mm. so early on in before like before today or like mm -hmm. let's say two years ago when i just started out coaching so i was one year in then I would think it's a problem. But mm. right now, I think more it's it's something that happens in any field. It's basically like if you if you think of a box sure. or any frame, to expand that frame. Oh no, no, no. Let's let's just model the frame and then you have good things, then you have bad things in some other place. And let's say that it takes some form of effort to go for the good things and less less effort for, to go for the bad things because it automatically falls to the bottom. But now if you want to expand that frame and make it bigger, you, you have to rely on the people that have the discipline, the time and the dedication to expand, you know, grind out those, that space basically. It's like all the beta players that scream for 16 hours a day or 18 hours a day for months on end, that then set the foundation for us later. If they, you know, if no one goes in and and really tries to pursue new, like new depths of uh, Overwatch or whatever field, like math, science, you won't get new uh, new concepts really quickly. It's gonna be over time slowly and it's the same as discovering things in science you have to obsess and be ready to change your whole life the same as if you want to take over a meta for example right. and you want to do it alone as a team you basically have to forget having a ton of uh, fun on the on the side you know outside of scrims you should be obsessing about the game and not everyone can do it or should do it for example if you can't if you can't focus on um, 
getting food for the day or like if you can't sleep all these basic things for example i guess in china it was kind of dry on money for players a lot of players and they would almost starve trying to make it and as as harsh the conditions might be for example it it forces people to really really try their, their hardest and that's probably how these um, creative solutions come to 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 birth in in china because the whole region is also isolated so they don't have westerns westerners mm -hmm. or koreans that come with super high skill and then just play the standard meta and the easiest thing you can do you know what try any anywhere else is you you just copy whatever someone did and um, it's like inventing the new wheel or the new computer like that kind of a big idea is kind of kind of hard to to invent and um i don't think it's a problem i think it's something that's just natural like mm -hmm. people are gonna bring out new meta when the people who are dedicated to grind out the, the hours to research and discover everything are able to do it like if everyone hires no one that wants to work then obviously no, nothing is going to happen and someone on reddit posts something and then okay everyone copies reddit mm -hmm. you know might be whatever but yeah i feel yeah yeah, yeah. i think it's yeah. uh i don't think it there's like a yes or no question to that right yeah exactly. answer. Mm. <laughs> yes I mean, or no <laughs> a, a lot of it seems to be also sort of gambling in overwatch league what kind of uh, approach you take because Okay, so on one hand, if you're the discoverer of new strategies, that might very well have a payoff, but how long does it last? It mm. very much depends on the, the process you had in order to teach that to your players, and the more complicated the approach is, yes, the longer you can sustain that. At the same time, someone else might just come along and say, well, I have better executioners or executors in, in the specific strategy, like maybe you have a, an advantage for, let's say, two or three weeks because you learned the comp quicker, but now we're catching up. While the value of that is very hard to evaluate simply because of patch cycles. So if there's a lot of patches, of course, the guy that's the discoverer and finds the best sort of meta solution that dominates the first solutions, mm. they have a big advantage. And that is especially, that value is especially exacerbated by the fact that we had playoff uh, patches, right? Mm -hmm. So that in itself might be a worthwhile person to keep around if it's one person that just you know conceives of new meta approaches very well. Um, but if that's a team mode, it's yeah, it's problematic if metas also as they tend to historically stick around in Overwatch for very long, mercy metas very long, dive meta very long, even. Like people are speculating if goats is actually going to be the you know the broth of the uh, of the soup once we get into um, Overwatch League. So it's it's very hard to not only build but also to be adaptable in all these different um, situations. Mm. Yeah, I guess I guess the most like effective way. I like I don't know if this is the best way, but you would have players that can. That you that learn easily and uh, you know implement things easily, 
because creativity always falls when it comes to implementation. Uh, the more creative something is, and the more like it's very unlikely that everyone in a team is the top zero point one percent of uh, the highest like level of creativity. So the, if you produce something that's extremely creative, it's not. It's also likely that not every player is going to accept it because there's mm. our a certain level of openness every every person has and you have to shape it so that it fits everyone but then instead of only have, having one person doing or breaking trying to break the meta you can have one person trying to break the current meta and then another person trying to work off whatever the current person is working on independently without without implementing it to the players yet so you have some form of redundancy, basically, in case of it's it's basically like a failsafe. You know, if a patch comes out or if an opponent figures out, figures out a counter, then you have someone already working on something, and you cut out cut off a lot of time. But yeah. then you have also you need the proper hiring um, processes to find these people and all that, and it becomes really complex, yeah, um, pretty quickly. To Yiska's point, I I wonder if because the game has historically been so chaotic, does does the issue of consistency for teams that want to play this counter style or or just don't want to adapt the meta and always are trying to find um, you know a way out? Does that do you think that really matters as much when you kind of look at how patches have affected the game and how consistently they come up? Do you think that, like in a game like let's say for instance like uh, StarCraft Brood War, right? It's very difficult to kind of reinvent things because everything is just held constant for so long. There's there's reinvention that happens, but it's definitely not as quick to change as a game like League of Legends or a game like Overwatch where things are just. Mm added constantly there's more novelty added like they're like infinitely more chaotic so do you mm. think that that matters as much mm, no i think i think you want so i think if you ex remove the the detail that it's a team countering or trying to get away uh, get some way out mm -hmm. the core the core is basically that they learn quickly and they adapt quickly and that's basically the same uh, qualities you'd want in the players I describe, you know, that learns quickly. And so, for example, in Brood War, since patches don't happen all the time, you're eventually going to come to the point where you have the most optimal uh, mm. place you can do and you can execute them in the most optimal way. But for Overwatch, for example, as long as the developers keep updating the game, you're not going to reach that point mm. because it, it's just like we, we aren't supercomputers. Uh, that can, I don't know how to explain. It. I'm not, I'm not that big brain, but um, no, it, it makes it, sense. There's 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 like a lot of depth to Overwatch that's not discovered, and it also depends on how, for example, much of it the players understand, and then how well they understand each other, and then right. Yeah. If it just just like if a player has eaten bad one day. Mm -hmm. or is feeling it down it, it's setting stop for you know hitting the optimal conditions and it's kind of hard to to reach the optimal conditions and i'd say it's it's good 
to try and counter. Like that's a way to win. But if you can reinvent stuff or like break the meta all the time, like and play to your strengths, that's the best way, in my opinion. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I don't want to start another topic because I don't think we'll be able to get through it all. (laughs) Uh, Man, Peak, I can't thank you enough for being here. Like so much great insight on this episode. Uh, So thank you. um, We. I'm just. uh, Don't be. Don't be modest. Don't be modest. Yeah, I'm just. uh, Thinking like thinking out loud, so like, yeah, no, I uh, love it. I, I honestly love it. I'm like, I wish we would do one of our normal hour and a half episodes. That's my bad. Uh, we'll have you on again though, for sure. <laughs> like, like, let's just see if he's around next week, Joe. Let's just see if that's a thing, and we'll do it. And we'll actually, it down, buddy. we'll actually get get to talk about some uh, teams and things too. Because oh man, I would love to hear your your thoughts, like specifically on some players and some teams. Uh, but I, I really can't thank you enough, um, for people who are listening to the show who maybe aren't following you yet. Uh, where can everybody find you, um, online for your stream, Twitter and everything else? Um, it's at goes peak on Twitter at goes peak on Twitch and peak coaching on uh, YouTube and awesome. then anywhere else it's goes peak. All right. Listen here, everybody. Go make sure you follow those channels, okay? Just do it. Just do it. If you have to, unsubscribe to Yiska. I don't care. Just make sure you... <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yiska's not in the mood today, if man. There, I, I, must, there, I hit a button a, with him a today. Finite amount, finite amount of subscribers that you... Sorry, my friends <laughs> list is full. I know, my, my sub list is full, man. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do whatever you have to unfollow. Don't, don't unfollow follow this show. Uh, yeah, let's see who else can you unfollow? Uh, flame isn't doing any things anymore. So you can probably unfollow flame. Um, <laughs> Joe, what? He hasn't posted a video in months. Uh, Joe was about to say that he never was subscribed. No, I was, <laughs> I was early on actually. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Nah. We're just we're just playing around. Flame, come on the no, show Flame's anytime you guy. want. Um <laughs> uh besides that, Joe, what are you up to this week, man? Uh other than my Guangzhou piece that's uh in the mix. Um what do I got going on? Chinese contenders every weekend at the crack of dawn come watch we have quad dps versus single tank roadhog compositions if you like weird crazy overwatch come uh, hang out at be merry if you like farah we had a lot of far last week it was fun give us a rascal no ain't happening thank you twitch chat <laughs> I like i'm out seaweed. um uh yiska what about you man what are you up to this week yeah probably just doing the uh the one video i talked about in the beginning yeah. All right. Just that. Cool. All right. As for me, I'm actually going to start streaming. I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm finally in a place where I can start streaming again. I used to love streaming and then I was moving and transitioning to a new job and everything. I just never had time for it. So I'm going to be starting streaming up again. Make sure to follow on twitch.tv slash kicked tripod. Big thank you to David HD Z capital Z. David HD uh, for the many gifted subs, by the way, that was very generous of you. Um, all, all that kind of stuff goes to support 
uh, the content we're creating here goes to support the show. Uh, I know we're talking about uh, webcam upgrades and uh, uh, microphone up upgrades and all that stuff. And so all of that goes to support that. So if you're like, hey, besides following and watching and listening, how can I support the show? Uh, you know, come hang out with us on Twitch. Uh, subs on Twitch. Anything there is great. I think like PayPal is uh, listed there, but I don't I don't want to say like give us money uh, because honestly, just you listening watching, hanging out with us is so much support already. Um, but yeah, so my, my, my stream schedule is going to be a little bit wonky this week, but I will be back streaming, uh, Fortnite, Call of Duty, Overwatch. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what sticks here. I've got like a whole brand new strep set up. I figured out NDI. Have any of you guys mm -hmm. streamed with NDI before? Mm -mm. So I have, I have an iMac pro. Over here, it's like a five thousand dollars computer. My wife works at Apple, so again, don't think I paid five thousand dollars for a computer. But uh, it's a it's a really nice computer, and it's got a, a really beefy processor. But there's like no capture cards that let me have like one hundred and forty four um, uh, one hundred forty four hertz, mm. all that kind of stuff that goes to a Mac. And I don't want to really boot camp it, and it's all USB C, and it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. It's just not optimal. So, uh, there's this technology called NDI that lets me like over my network, send everything over to this. We're using it right now. We've been using it for the whole stream and it just, it looks great. Sounds great. Has very minimal hmm. impact on my computer over here. Like right now it's taking less than uh 10% of my, uh, processing power. Like, which is, which is amazing. And that's for like two, you know, two monitors set up here. And yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's just really cool. So I'm going to be testing that out, kind of seeing how it runs in a long three, four, five, six hour stream environment. So, uh, thank you again. Make sure, remember you can follow the show everywhere. Just search for tactical crouch, uh, Spotify. It's there. YouTube. It's there. RSS feeds, it's there. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, it's there. Um, yeah, it's everywhere. So just search for, for Tactical Crouch. If for some reason it doesn't show up, search for Overwatch League Daily. Uh, we're also on Twitter at OWL Daily Show. Um, follow, uh, follow Peak up. at Gosu Peak. Volamel at Volamel. Yiska at Yiska out. And kick tripod at... Crick kick tripod. Crick tie pod. Crick tie pod. Crick tie pod. Oh no. Crick tie pod. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys uh, again uh, for being here. We're gonna go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate it. Peak. Thank you again. Thank uh, you. Let's thank go you. ahead and get out of here. Woo. We're out. See ya. Joe, knock knock. Who's there? Yeska. Yeska who? Lord Yeska in eight months, bro! <laughs> I thought you said you're memeing. What just happened? I have no idea. Peak, I don't understand. You forgot the Lord bed? It's just, I just don't know what happened, chat.
Uh, yeah. Yes, guy, I love you. Thanks. See you guys next week.